And Father, there is something that is odd about that. There is something that in a sense is distressing about that. And yet, Father, it, it brings to us an even deeper longing for this time to come to an end. That we would gather together with your people in your church once again. And so, Father, I pray for those of our number and beyond, scattered across who knows exactly where, that today our hearts would be reminded that even when we are separated by time and distance of this nature, that we are still collectively brought together to be part of your church. And we look forward to that day with great anticipation that your church is fully redeemed in eternity. When we stand with one another around your throne and we worship with all of your people, proclaiming that you indeed are worthy. Father, we thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, the hope that we have in the resurrection. We thank you for the hope that we have that we belong to you and him. And so I pray now as we open your word that you would open our hearts, that you, would, that you, Father, would take the Word and write it upon our hearts and that we would be mindful during this time of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Renew the hearts of your people, Father, longing to gather yet once again. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want to invite you to take them and open them to 1 Peter chapter 1. We, we've been making our way through the Gospel of Luke, and yet on this Resurrection Sunday, we're, we're going to step out of the Gospel of Luke for one Sunday. We will, Lord willing, be returning back to the Gospel of Luke next week. But this morning, I want us to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. One of, I think, the most distressing statements I have heard in, in the realm of our current circumstances is this. When someone has said, it all feels so hopeless. Such a sad statement indeed. To hear being made of that nature, it, it seems hopeless. One person has said, the life without hope is hardly a life at all. But I've discovered that so often our hope seems to be misplaced in many ways. Uh, Isaac Asimov once told the story of a, of a ship that was uh, going on a rough ocean crossing. There was a, a gentleman that was standing on the edge of the ship, terribly seasick from the rocking back and forth of the ship. At an especially rough moment, there was a kind gentleman who came along and patted him on the shoulder and said, Sir, I know that this seems awful, but let me remind you, no one has ever died from seasickness. At that, the gentleman lifted up his greened countenance and he said, Oh, don't tell me that. It's only the wonderful hope of dying that is helping me through this. Have you ever felt that way? Not, not seasick, but have you ever felt hopeless? 
Have you ever felt before as, as though you had no hope in your situation, in your circumstance, in life? It is a miserable feeling, to say the least. One person has said that there are three apostles and three birthmarks that we find in the pages of the New Testament. We have Paul, the apostle of grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith. You have John, the apostle of love, by this we know that we love the children of God. And then you have Peter, the apostle of hope. Listen to what he has written under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The, the Word of God, the Bible, is a picture book of what it means to experience the hope that Christ brings. The author of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, refers to hope as an anchor of the soul. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Life drifts. And we drift with it from one place to another unless we have the sure and steady hope of Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, the prophet Joel describes hope as a harbor when the seas are rough, when the life journey is difficult. We enter into this harbor. Hope is renewed. Another Old Testament prophet, Hosea, refers to hope as a doorway. And Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 references the hope of salvation and says that it serves as a helmet guarding the mind when the hopelessness of this world attacks. The problem, though, as I said earlier, is that oftentimes our hope is misplaced. For some of us, even as Christians, we place our hope inappropriately. Sometimes for even us as Christians, we think, you know, if only I could be a better Christian, then I wouldn't be having the problems that I'm having. If I were a better person, if I hadn't done this, if I hadn't done this, then these things would not be happening. And, and we essentially place our hope in us. If I will just do better, then there is hope for better to come to me. If I could just be a better Christian, things will get better. And friends, if that's where you are, your hope is in the wrong place. Peter tells us in this passage before us that there is only one place for the Christian's hope. And it's not in the belief that things which are hard and now will get easier. They may not. It's not in the belief that things that are bad now will get better. They may not. It's not in the belief that the problems that are weighing us down will go away. That's not where our hope resides. Our hope doesn't rest in the, in the thought that though it is bad now, it will get better in this life, in this earth. That's not where our hope comes from. I, I wonder today, 
How many of you who are watching right now and you're tired, you're frustrated, you're disappointed, you're fearful, you're confused, you're angry, you're bitter, you're defeated, you are without hope. You're looking for some hope somewhere, but you're looking in the wrong place. If that's you, I have some incredibly good news for you. We find it referenced for us in the very opening verse, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's, that's the glory of this day. That's the hope of the Christian life. We have this hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I love what John Piper has said. He said, I love the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, not because they turn my life into a string of successes, but because they keep me from collapsing under a string of failures. Isn't that so true? Isn't that so true? Again, I love the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, not because they turn my life into a string of successes, but because they keep me from collapsing under a string of failures. So if you're in that situation, you're tired, frustrated, disappointed, fearful, confused, angry, bitter, defeated. I've got a good word for you today. And that word is anchored in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God, our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, according to His grace, He has done something for us. He's more gracious than you could possibly imagine. If we were to continue this live stream throughout the day today, throughout tomorrow, the next days, the coming weeks, the coming months, were we to stand here forever, we would never be able to exhaust the theme of the grace of God towards us. He's merciful. He's kind. And what I share with you in these verses flow from His grace, flows from His mercy, flows from His kindness towards us. We read that He has given us a living hope. We have been born again to this living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Peter wrote this, he is allowing us to step into his autobiography. We've been reminded over the last few weeks of where Simon Peter has been. As Jesus has been arrested, as he's gone through the, the, the mockery of these trials, the, the kangaroo courts that were set up before him. Remember, Peter was one of the ones who had walked with Jesus for these years. He had talked with Jesus. He had shared sleeping quarters with Jesus under the star-studded sky at times. Simon Peter had deposited all of his hope into this one, Jesus Christ. He had followed Jesus with anticipation, and all his hope was placed in this one who would build a kingdom, he thought, who would overthrow the Roman oppression of the people. Peter was looking for the kingdom, and he saw in Jesus the very Messiah who would bring that kingdom. 
But Peter was a man who had seen his hope die. There is that big fisherman on the shores of Galilee. He had dropped everything to follow Jesus. Everything that hope meant he had secured in Jesus Christ. But then Peter saw Jesus arrested. He saw him taken to the home of the high priest. He had seen him betrayed and tried as a common criminal. He had seen him crucified and dead. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ crushed Peter's hope. In the midst of all of that that he had seen happen, he, he had lost hope in himself as well. When he denied even knowing Jesus, denied with cursings that he was part of the group of Jesus' followers. For Peter, when Jesus died, all hope died with him. Peter is even the one who, it was said before Jesus' resurrection, Peter said to the other apostles, I'm going fishing. What he meant by that was not that he just needed to get away for a little while. I mean, he was going back to that which he knew. He was going back to the trade of being a fisherman. Jesus was dead. I had betrayed him. All hope is gone. I'm going back now to what I knew before. He's living in hopelessness. But then something happened. On that first Easter Sunday, that Resurrection Sunday, the Gospel of John records that on the first Easter Sunday that Peter and John together ran towards the tomb. John got to the tomb before Peter did, but he stood outside. And Peter runs as quickly as he can, and he barges into the tomb where Jesus had been laid, and he finds the tomb is empty. The eyes that had been closed in death now were opened. The mouth that had been silenced in death now was speaking. And for Peter, now hope was alive. That's why he describes it as this living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. From that day forward, Peter could never again speak of the hope that Jesus gives without referencing it as a living hope. It is a hope that is living because it is grounded in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because He lives, hope lives as well. Because true hope comes only through the resurrection of Jesus. His resurrection changed everything for Peter. It changed everything for the rest of the apostles. And it still changes everything, even for us. We know what it's like to feel like Peter, hopeless in the circumstances of life. It's where we are without Jesus. Hope is gone from us. But in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have a living hope. Christian hope is not just that if we're good enough, things will be better. Christian hope is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And look at how Peter describes it in verse 4. He refers to this, this hope that we have, this salvation that we have in the resurrection of Jesus. He, he says it is an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. 
Peter is saying to us, understand, your hope is not here. Your hope is not grounded and founded upon this world. Your hope is based upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ and fully realized in heaven where God keeps it. Your hope is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ which guarantees your future resurrection as well. So what does this mean for you? What does this mean for you where you are in your life? It means this. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you trust in Him, listen to what Peter says. He says, this is kept in heaven for you who, verse 5, by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In Jesus Christ, and especially in His resurrection, you have hope that no one can touch, that no one can take away from you, because it is imperishable, it is undefiled, it is unfading, and God is guarding it. And no one can mess with it. Therein lies our hope. Not in anything in this world. Our hope doesn't lie in anything that this world has to offer. Our hope lies in Jesus Christ raised from the dead and that we are kept by God. God is guarding that. Your hope is guarded by God, kept in heaven for you. No one can take it away. No circumstance of life can increase it or diminish it. It is impervious to anything that happens within this life because it is based in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is your hope if you trust in Jesus and belong to Him. My hope is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and nothing can take away my hope because nothing can take away the resurrection. So Christian, is that where your hope is? Are, are you maybe doing like I do at times, looking for an, an interim hope? Looking, looking for something now in, in my time, in my condition, in my circumstance that I can cling to that's going to get me through this? Your hope is in the wrong place when we do that. And if your hope is in the wrong place, it will rob you of your joy. It will rob you of your usefulness. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation, remind yourself of this truth constantly. That God, according to His great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. There's our hope, Christian. There's our hope, believer. Not, not in the things of this world but in the resurrection of Jesus Christ alone. But what about you who haven't trusted in Jesus? What about those of you who have never confessed faith in Christ, those of you who have never repented of your sin and believed in Jesus alone for salvation? Is there any good news for you 
Well, there's not if your hope is not in Jesus. Listen to what the Word of God says. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. He says that we are separated from Christ, having no hope and without God in this world. If you're not a follower of Jesus, that's where you are. You are without hope. And just think about it. It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? If this life is where your hope is, and good goes to bad, better goes to worse, easy goes to hard, where is your hope? The good news for you is that you can have hope today. As you confess faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. We've discovered over the past several weeks as we've made our way through Luke's gospel why Jesus went to the cross. He didn't go to the cross because he was guilty. Luke establishes the fact for us that he was completely innocent. He didn't go to the cross because of anything he had done. He went to the cross for you and for me. The Bible says that when Jesus was nailed to the cross, our sin was nailed to that cross with him. He took my place when he went to that cross. My sin, deserving of death, Jesus took upon himself and he died the death that I deserve. In order that I might be forgiven and have his righteousness and be in right standing before God and at peace with him. And see, today, if you will trust in him, if you will confess faith in Jesus Christ, if you will acknowledge that you are a sinner undeserving of the grace and mercy of God, and that yet still Christ went to the cross and died in your place. If you will follow him, this is the hope you will have. Not just in this life, but for all eternity. Christian, lean upon him. Live out your imperishable, undefiled, unfading hope. You who are not a believer, cry out to Jesus at this moment and trust in Him for salvation and find hope forever and ever. Would you pray with me, please? Our Father, we thank You for the hope that is given to us in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank You that Your grace, Your mercy, Your kindness is extended to undeserving sinners. And that You replace that sin with the very righteousness of Your own Son.
We thank you for the power of the resurrection. We thank you for the hope of the resurrection. We thank you, Father, that our hope is not dependent upon us, not dependent upon anything in this life, but is dependent wholly on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I pray, Father, for my brothers and sisters that they will experience that hope and that they will be reminded of that hope. And I pray for those who are not my brother or sister, that today you might speak to their heart and you might bring conviction to their soul, that you might remove the veil that blinds them and that they might see Jesus Christ and see Him resurrected and know the hope that He gives. We pray this in His name. Amen.